Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 225th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica and Manscaped, but more on those guys and gals later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today on this podcast journey, my podcast writer, die the Jill Valentine to my Leon Kennedy. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart. Bloody hell are ya? <laughs> Bloody hell are ya? I'm doing good. Thank you, Brendan. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Bit of inside baseball. I'm not not lubed up with honey this morning. So uh, it's, it's, it's running rampant through my brain at the moment. Like my voice needs to sustain the next 90 odd minutes. Please voice, you can do this for me. We've gotten this far in life. Honey is not the everything. So let's go. We'll see how the podcast goes. Who knows? Maybe our audience will be like, have a greater preference to a more raspy, you know, kind of gritty Brendan. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Honey or no honey. That is the uh, the question of 2021. So, uh, oh. you know, what do they say? I don't want your money, honey. I want your love. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> mm. oh, what song is that? I can't remember. Some some 90s jam, some 90s sort of like dance track, but uh, that's true. Yeah, that's probably true. came out after Ace of Base and before S Club 7 would be my guess. That's a good guess. If it makes you feel better, um, on the occasions when I have been sick and I get my very raspy voice, I constantly get complimented on it. And well, I get told, go. I like this voice. And I'm like, well, it's insulting to me. It's like, so you like me when I sound like I'm on the verge of death and suffering, but every other day my when my voice is normal, it's eh. It's just passable. Yeah. It's, it's just there. Well, <laughs> well, fingers crossed I am not uh, on the deathbed. Um, I'm a bit tired. So maybe maybe it's like a tired, raspy voice. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll persist. This coffee's starting to kick in and now I'm uh, now hydrating because I'm preparing because tonight could be a very punishing evening for my liver because uh jack cruz is in town uh the espresso martini aficionado oh, so no. yeah tonight <laughs> uh cruzy benny myself dane and jack's beautiful partner maria are uh, potentially going to paint the uh, gold coast main strip all kinds of colors and uh get all kinds of crazy so uh you may never hear from me again after after this evening because uh, the man loves a drink and he loves to party. So uh, He does. So I know <laughs> I need to stay focused on Jack's social media and his stories tonight because I'm obviously going to see some greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm excited. I'm nervous. But uh, overall, I can't wait to... Uh, to, to get out and, and, and get a little wild because it's been ages. Like, you know, with COVID and everything, these types of situations are very few and far between. So I'm feeling feeling a bit lucky to get together with yeah. with some of the crew and, and have a few drinks in a social setting in a public place. So, uh, yeah, who would have thought we could be doing that right now? But, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. Tonight's going to be fun. But um, I guess what else is fun is something uh, I, I I guess fun in, is maybe not the right word to use, but uh, 
I see we've both uh, tackled a little little demo that was announced only what, 25 hours ago, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hot <laughs> off the press. Uh, pretty awesome, like, uh, with the backstory. Obviously, they did a Resident Evil showcase yesterday, Capcom did, streamed mm-hmm. all over the world, and... Um, one one of the big biggest takeaways of it was that they're like, oh yeah, by the way, there's a there's a demo that is going to be out today, uh, exclusively for for PlayStation users. So uh, yeah, we PlayStation Five we, wasn't it? Yeah, just oh, it was PlayStation 5. Five only too. I thought it was just PlayStation Five. I felt like they said that a lot, but it maybe it makes it, was. it does make sense because they were sort of trying to showcase some of the uh, the graphical uh, processing powers of of the uh, the PS Five. So yeah, we both installed. The maiden demo, as as mm-hmm. they call it, uh, it's about I think it's about four gigs, something like that. So um, yeah. yeah, how let's 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 sort of toss it over to you first. How how did you find the demo? You you enjoyed it? Did it build up the excitement to play Resident Evil Village when it comes out? What uh what do you think? Uh, well, I'm I don't play scary games at all, and I've only really just recently dipped my toe into Resident Evil. Um and. <laughs> like loading into it as well like the atmosphere is great I give them that um for a good chunk of it I didn't know what I was meant to be doing because I'm not familiar with the whole interactive element where you examine something or you grab something then you proceed to examine it further to you know Mm -hmm. so it's I hit that wall, unfortunately, but after a while, I kind of got an idea of everything. So I was stuck in that dungeon for a bit, <laughs> probably longer than I should have been. Um, but um, overall, like graphically, it looks stunning. Um, I like this environment that they've set up. Um, although I haven't played the last um, Resident Evil game, um, being set in the swamps and like, you know, kind of like back end country kind of you know, it, it, in comparison to, with this one, like this one has more of, um, to me, what I usually associate with like horror. So being mm-hmm. in like a, a mansion or. Yeah, it's got that real gothic horror vibe to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I already like the overall, you know, feeling of the game. Um, and yeah, just. I'm a bit sad because there was this idea that they were trying to sell to you in the demo that, you know, you got to watch out, don't let them see you, you know, and you heard voices, oh, my God, and my own footsteps. I don't know if anyone else had this issue, but I was constantly <laughs> being tricked by my own footsteps. Yeah, <laughs> the old uh, the 3D audio can get, get you a few times because, yeah, like as, as you said, um, the... The demo opens up and it's yeah, just you know, escape, escape the jun- dungeon. So mm. you go, okay, clearly there's going to be stuff at every every turn here. So you, you start off, you know, you've got no weapons. There's no combat in the demo. There's no, no. even showcasing of the new nifty blocking ability that Ethan has. So <laughs> you're playing as Ethan, who returns from Resident Evil Seven. Uh, from, from my understanding, the the main premise of this game is uh, you, you've gone over to Europe to rescue your daughter. Uh, is is from from what I could see with the synopses, and yeah, you, you're in somewhere in Europe. Uh, may, maybe you're down the road from where Resident Evil Four was set. Who knows? Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah, we've got a cool cool gothic vibe. Uh, yeah, old medieval dungeons and and like Dracula esque castles and stuff like that. Like the it's real brooding and foreboding. And yeah, when you load it in, like. The graphics, I noticed it straight away, like, and especially when it's first person, so everything's like a little bit tighter and more in your face. Like, um, 
just the detail in in the cells or like mm. the the various corpses <laughs> down down in them dungeons and the you know the bodies hanging from the ceilings and the various um like torture devices they had around there too. They had a lot, but yeah. they weren't very original. It was mo- no. mostly they just like that chair, the spiky chair. Yeah, spiky chairs. Uh, yeah, hanging people like uh bound, like having people binded, uh, having them cut to bits it's you know it's it's a typical typical horror movie-esque vibe down there as far as the torture chambers and these these random punishment rooms but yeah it had a really cool vibe we sort of talked about it off offline where i, I sort of was feeling like it could have almost gone like a little bit of an uh outlast route when they're talking about escaping the dungeon and you didn't have any any items or, or any sort of ways to fight i thought maybe they'd sort of lean into you've got to like hide and and sort of seek shelter from some baddies because there's a part in the demo like full spoilers we're, we're going to be probably deep diving on this demo it's only like a 15 20 minute runtime anyway this thing but when you're getting near the end uh where you've got to get the lock pick to get the door to get out of the dungeon and there's that sort of barricaded wall slash door behind you i expected like a big one of the big werewolves that they've shown in some of the trailers to maybe punch through it certainly sounded mm. very wolfman-esque behind that uh behind that barricade yeah, i was wondering where that noise was coming from because once you said like the 3d audio was really screwing with my head because it sounded like it was already in the dungeon like mm. the it sounded like it was already there and then you heard doors closing and everything and it really got to a stage where i was just sitting there i'm like is that me or is that someone else <laughs> i can't like i like i think my fear level went down because i just started assuming if there was a noise it was me like i did that you know if you got too close to a door the door would like rattle you know yeah. like so it got to a stage where i just the fear factor went because i'm just like it's probably me it's probably me i'm probably making that noise um i i do like what they did with this demo in the sense that i think it was more establishing this um this kind of like vampire character that at at the start we only just saw a brief few snippets and now i think they're kind of like um like evolving more on who the, who they are how they connect to the story um it seems like where this is where they you know where they live as well as you know showing how they you know acquire you know blood um mm-hmm. and i guess what they eat as well so reading a lot of things along the way as well uh told you about their like maids that they had or people who kind of like you know service the mansion and then if they, you know, went went against what they were supposed to, they turn into Yeah, they get sent down to the chokey and uh become vampire fodder. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I I think that's why this one was called Maiden, right? Was because you were playing as one? Yeah, you you weren't playing as Ethan in the demo, you're playing as one of these uh potential maidens and no doubt like this from what they're telling me, this is sort of well from what I've read, sorry, no one from Capcom reached out and told me anything. Um, yeah, this is more so, yeah, just a showcase of, of the world and the, the graphical bumps and the game enhancements jumping into current gen. And and I think it's a good showcase. Like you see a lot of really cool lighting effects, like walking around this area, whether it be just dimly lit by candlelight or some of the big chandeliers when you get into like the big ballroom area and the main hall, like it's a gorgeous, gorgeous world. And the reflection off even just like the gold leafing and stuff on the walls yeah. and the armor sets. Like it's a really, really pretty, pretty universe. But with that prettiness, you do have this, this sense of dread because it is 
a world that is copy pasted from so many period piece horror movies so you just oh, yeah. know bad shit's gonna come and yeah. hearing um lady Dimis- dimitrescu is is sort of i think maybe how i've landed on it dimitrescu was yeah how i'd pronounce it you know the big giant big giant imposing uh gorgeous vampire queen of the household here like hearing her and her daughters sort of always just talking just out of shot in the demo or you know mm. you see the shadow of them moving out of a room or going into a next area it adds that tension just like the the family from resident evil 7 where they are sort of always just out of sight so it had a little yeah. bit of that throwback to to the last game as well but it's pretty cool like i played the demo through twice just to sort of see if there's any different oh, outcomes right. just to mm. see because it was only it's only a 20 minute banger uh, anyone on the on the PlayStation 5 can download it for free and it does certainly uh, wet the wet the appetite for future Resident Evil games and the fact that this game's coming out in like four months time Amazing. is awesome. Um, I know we sort of were throwing some, some dates around at the dartboard the other day and I was sort of saying Q1 and like it's, you know, middle of Q2, which I think is still a big win considering the, uh, oh, yeah. the climate still. So I'm excited for, for early May when this thing drops and... This demo, like, it's just it's a good little good little taster, exactly what I needed, and I can't believe they announced one that was available <laughs> same day as the Resident Evil Showcase. I was so excited when I woke up yesterday and watched it, and I'm like, yes! I had a big day of work, so I couldn't play it until, like, last night, but it was well worth the wait. Oh, I chickened out, and I played this morning when daylight was <laughs> present. Yeah, the dog scared the fucking shit out of me a few times when I was playing this. <laughs> Adam both sort of asleep either side of me on the couch and was dimly lit and I had headphones on playing it so I couldn't hear anything outside of the game and then Bentley heard something down the hallway and barked scared the shit out of me and then another time Winnie was chewing on an antler and he dropped it off the couch and because I've got tiled floor everywhere just this big bang crash and it scared the shit out of me too so uh <laughs> yeah I was getting jump scares in and out of game but um yeah, it was really cool like it showed some of the the, the sort of things you get used to regarding the puzzle elements and sort of those usual gameplay mechanics, as you said, like picking up items and having to look at every every side and every sort of crevice of an item because there's usually an item in an item. So, uh, uh, so I also finding uh, that took loop. too long to find. <laughs> I'm yeah, not the used old maroon to it. Eye ring. <laughs> I'm not used to it. So, uh. yeah. But it looks like this is going to be going to be intense uh, from the demo. But we'll talk more about the Resident Evil showcase uh, in in sort of in the news segment of THG two two five. But mm. I see as well um, some congratulations are in order uh, regarding another game you played, which also led to your first ever platinum trophy. So yeah. congratulations on that. That is that is no small feat. Like uh, well bloody done. Yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm not an achievement hunter. Um, and I, my console time, like playing games is barely existent. Like I am predominantly a PC player. Uh, but, uh, Astro, like after playing the Resident Evil demo, I was like, oh, like I remember I had to finish like a stage. Like I had something missing in Astro's playroom. So I'm like, I'll load it up and, you know, hopefully then I'll complete the game. And I was really like confused. I'm like, well, I've completed everything. 
Like, shouldn't I get like 100%? So I just quickly looked to see if there was something I was missing. And then it was like, oh, here's all the trophies and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I could get that done. I could get that done. And then like it was, it was so easy. And so I 100%ed the game and I got my first platinum trophy ever. And I'm like, I kind of get it. I understand why people do this now. It is a slightly good feeling knowing that, you know, you've been able to achieve something that not everyone achieves and it's good that I also genuinely enjoyed the game as well like it didn't feel like a chore like I was really happy to be almost given these like special little tasks to do in addition to finishing the game so but yeah my first ever platinum trophy probably my first ever 100% as well have you got the hunger are you gonna become a trophy hunter now I don't know because like looking at all the games that would have platinum trophies like I was like just looking down my list as like Red Dead Redemption I could only imagine what you would need God. to platinum that yeah so I'm like I don't think I'm gonna be chasing <laughs> chasing platinums in all the games that I have so I, I'll I'll have to like maybe save it for a little bit more mm. e- easier games <laughs> I don't know yeah. but it's a good feeling so now I understand all those people out there who are trophy hunters well there you go it's it's certainly a game well worth. I haven't got the tr- I haven't got the uh, the platinum on Astro's Playroom yet, but um, yeah, it's something something I guess I could I could chase up. It doesn't sound like it's going to be too painful like some of these uh, trophy hunts that people go on. As far as mm. getting platinums in in those big open world games can just be a, a very taxing uh, situation. So uh, I'd I'd very much like to just do it just cruising along you know i don't want it to feel grindy where i've got to hunt down or kill certain things or do certain things a million times but uh if it can happen sort of semi-organically i think that's that's certainly a trophy that i'd be chasing yeah for the most part like for i would say for about 80 percent of the trophies in that game you're going to achieve it anyway because you you would want to collect the collectibles of those stages it's the other things where it's a bit kind of like oh, a little bit fun kind of like oh, you did this or you picked up this item or you did this kind of thing. So it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I've um, I've been playing a game I certainly did not expect to be saying I've been playing uh, on, on The Hungry Gamers, that's for sure. <laughs> I wasn't no, expecting no, to see it. Yeah, no no shot towards the game or the, the developers or the franchise, but uh, I was playing some, some League of Legends this week. Wild. With, uh, with NATO and Kaz uh, on the PC. Uh, so I'm... Uh, yeah, on on with the the fellow master races, uh, doing some doing some mobering. Is that what they call? It? Is that can you? Is that how you describe it? Oh, it's a moba, which mobering. Yeah, we'll, we'll use that. We'll go. With, we'll do with that. So I was uh getting my moba on playing some League of Legends. Um, it's been that long since I played this this game. I couldn't get access to my original account because it was tied to an old emissary email from from generations past. Uh, which no longer exists. So I had to make a new account last night and then we were just just playing, you know, doing some doing some sort of standard 5v5 type of fair in this game and I really enjoyed my time playing uh, League of Legends. And wow. uh, that's probably the most surprising thing about it because I was never too good at these games. I used to play back in the day. Dream and I dabbled here and there. He was, he was pretty good at... Um, at League of Legends, and he funnily enough randomly popped into the Discord call and was going to play with us, but then couldn't get it installed. So then he disappeared into the ether again, as he does. Mm. So we might hear from him again in June. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed my time with it. There's 
far too many characters I've noticed in uh, League of Legends these days. Like, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it felt like there was 700 of them. Uh, just scrolling through the the sort of options and everything else, but it's kind of cool. All the characters, you know, they're either ripped off directly from existing other franchises, or you know, nodding to them pretty heavily that they're they're third cousins. You know, <laughs> like it's it's uh, there's creativity in it, but yeah, there, there's certainly some uh, some homage there to to <laughs> other other games out there. But yeah, it's it's good fun. I I enjoyed it. Like um, I'm not going to become some some ranked uh, League of Legends demigod by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just kind of fun to to jump on, uh, have a, have a riff on on Discord while we're while we're trying to you know own the the top or the bottom or the mid lane and you know get our way to to their nexus and uh, destroy it to become the the League of Legends champions or whatever that whatever they call it. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Did, did you do you play LOL? You ever played much LOL or any MOBAs? Uh, no, so I've never played LOL. It was like, it's on my to-do list. I feel like it's definitely one that I should just at least attempt. But if there's one consistent thing that everyone has told me is that the community can be really toxic. So um, I'm never going to venture in alone. So I will yeah. have to be guided in. Um, I mean, I played Smite. I actually really enjoyed Smite. Um, mm. and, and we played a lot of Paragon. Paradise. Yeah, Paragon. That was it, Paragon. <laughs> Um, so I, I like it. Like I, I kind of have a vague idea on how most things run, but LOL is the, I guess, be all and end all. Um, so I do feel like I should probably attempt it in the future. Um, which obviously actually NATO and like other people have been more than, um, (laughs) accommodating and wanting to kind of like walk me through it. So, um, I guess I just got to take the plunge. Yeah. No, definitely. It's it's. I was pleasantly surprised at how much fun I had playing playing last night with with NATO and Kaz, and we're playing mostly against against bots as opposed to yeah toxic neckbeardy overlords that yeah certainly <laughs> uh, frequent the uh, that community. Like we had a couple of um, randos join the join the team of five as well, and you know you get a little bit of back and forth in 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 game sort of chat there, and there, there wasn't any any hostility which is nice but yeah you do get it i remember playing back in the day and just some of the some of the shit that people start throwing around there and how angry and and just wound up they get over over nothing like yeah yeah it can really impact the experience but last night there was none of that so i had a good experience and it was just good fun uh i'm maining as lux at the moment which is like a a spellcaster that's sort of more so you can she can play a little bit of support as well but she's sort of like support attack hybrid she's pretty fun um so mm. i'm just sort of learning learning the ropes with her but yeah it's it's free to play which is an awesome awesome thing there's no pay barrier to entry for this you can download it for free you get a handful of champions to start with obviously you can buy or grind other champions in the game and they also then do a rotation where they they give uh, random free champions i don't know what frequency it is if it's like weekly i can't remember that part of the game anymore but it's fun it's fun I'm gonna gonna play some more oh, you guys will have to let me know next time you have it lined up and i'll see Hell if yeah. i can jump on and join and can i play as um one of those girls from the that that girl band that they created with the low characters right maybe there's that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few of them in there to pl- to play. As I said, like there genuinely feels like there's hundreds of characters to choose from now. So 
she she could be tucked in there but there is a lot of uh there's a lot of female characters uh, a lot of female characters heavily referencing other female characters as i said from other oh. gaming worlds and um a lot of just gorgeous characters whether they're male female they're non-binary they're like a demon they're a animal everyone's attractive in this game i've realized there's not really anybody that's uh you know not not worth taking out for a drink it feels like so fair enough yeah so right right i'm on to you with your mo you know attractive characters no matter what race sex age group world classification you're all attractive so uh yeah but yeah we'll play some all together hmm. and um just wanted to quickly also reference just some stuff i've been watching uh so i won't mm. deep dive on the first one but the stand is uh out now here in australia and i don't know if it's been out in the u.s for a little bit longer but um maybe i think it's on cbs slash amazon over there and it's on amazon prime here in australia oh i think yeah i think it's been out for a bit okay okay so yeah there's six episodes out now and i think that might be where it's caught up to in the states as well i think they sort of dropped them weekly but they just did a big five episode dump here at once for amazon so i think it's all fully caught up maybe but it's another stephen king adaptation and it's actually a good stephen king king adaptation like i don't know if they're gonna try and run a second season but it's a nine episode arc this this sort of current one they've got going out and it's uh like in a nutshell it's it's the battle of good and evil you could say like um it's kind of kind of very i guess sensitive based topics that they cover that are relevant right now like a a, a global pandemic wipes out like 90 percent of the population like a virus spreads which they call you know captain trips and it kills yeah just about everybody bar these people that seem to be, have some kind of like immune antibodies and um yeah then there's like a, an offshoot of the devil on earth and then there's uh whoopi goldberg who almost is like an extension of sort of god and heaven on earth so it's like becomes like this heaven versus hell battle of who's going to ultimately survive but mm-hmm. the character the characters and the assortment of actors in this in this show is really good like it's got a really really strong cast the writing's great big budget cool special effects uh, and it's very true to the book the book was great they did like a telly movie of this thing way back in the day with like gary sinise as the lead yeah um which you know lieutenant dan um not wasn't the best it was okay but that's not saying much for stephen king stuff but this is really really good i'm really enjoying it and um can't wait to see what they do for these final three episodes and um something else i've I've been late to the party on sadly uh was (laughs) the the tv spinoff of what we do in the shadows so i just wanted to shout out uh that show because it is absolutely phenomenal. I binged both seasons in the span of, you know, 24 or so hours. And I was just in stitches throughout those 20 episodes constantly. Like it is so well done. It is so well written, so well acted. And like just the way that they make the mockumentary thing make sense throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like they're constantly referencing the camera crew and seeing the camera crew get like impacted in certain things. So it all sort of weaves in and doesn't sort of get like it's it's silly but it all works so you don't sort of question the plot holes like it's so smart in that way and you know what we're talking about offline like matt berry as laszlo he is he is the superstar (laughs) of this show he's the scene stealer and just about anything that comes out of his mouth has me chuckling every single time and i love this show so much 
Yeah, it's incredible having a show. Well, first of all, having the movie in the first yeah. shoot, like just like having such a unique concept and having it succeed. Um, I guess did it succeed or did it more have like a? I guess it might it may have had more of a cult success. A bit of a cult following, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also for it then to move on to a TV series based in another country, different characters, like having it having like so many like variables like that and it's still working out like it's still being just as good as the movie like still well written the comedy stylings are very similar it's just incredible and yeah i'm glad that you watch both seasons too because season two just like got even better and better so <laughs> it's so great and yeah. I- i'm just constantly amazed at the uh the celebrity cameos whether they're actually playing as themselves or uh, you know, playing as, as vampires and whatever mm-hmm. else in this in this world, like seeing people like Mark Hamill, Wesley Snipes yeah. being part yes. of the uh, like the vampire committee. The when vampire he's, he's committee in general is just a fantastic nod to like you know vampire like media in general, and Wesley Snipes being kind of called in because he's you know daywalker, he didn't have to be in the dark, so he's just on a laptop trying to access this meeting but he's getting like delay and stuff and he can't hear it's oh, great it, it is perfection and just yeah this this show is just like anyone that hasn't watched it that loves a loves a good comedy like this is something you need to check out really really quickly because it's so great you know 20 30 minute episodes 20 episodes available at the moment like it's been renewed for a third season which is cool so we'll probably get that mm. in the next couple of months depending i guess on how recording went amidst COVID, but yeah, I love that it's uh, it's just so aware of itself as well, and just mm. oh my goodness, it just it cracks me up. Every scene, every interaction is just phenomenal. The, the main cast is great, the recurring cast is awesome, and then just these random cameos. Like we were talking before about the episode uh, where he sort of um, where Matt Berry Laszlo sort of has to escape because he's getting hunted by by Mark Hamill. <laughs> And goes and sort of uh, finds a new life in this sleepy, sleepy town in uh, you know middle America as uh, Jackie Daytona. As Jackie Daytona just fucking <laughs> kills me, and um, yeah, it's just it's just phenomenal. I can't wait for the third season. Like it's, mm. it's great. Yeah, and just like also the introduction of a different kind of um, I guess supernatural being, which they introduced, which was called an energy vampire. Oh, I I was kind of pessimistic about the introduction of this character i was kind of like come on but as the as they like went on and continued on with like following this character i'm just like oh yeah this totally makes sense i'm pretty certain i've worked with these you know energy vampires myself so yeah it's they've done well and i'm so glad that it's getting the recognition it deserves and that they keep on getting renewed now so yeah it's it's perfect and yeah old colin robertson the energy vampire just yeah, he he is so committed to, or just plays that role to perfection, and yeah, yeah it's it's great. Uh, just just phenomenal television, and even seeing old Tyker make his way back in, he's part of the the Vampire Council. Who obviously he was one of the the, the creators of of the movie. Him and Jermaine Clement back from uh, Flight of the Concords days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they originally wrote and directed and produced this, the movie from 2014, but yeah, seeing them both make make some cameos in the tv show as well as they're still involved in the in the writing and stuff in the back end is great it's just just really really clever 
funny comedy and just the dialogue just it's it's nice and witty nice and rapid fire it's oh, it's, it's so good I yeah. love it. and for I anyone love that maybe have already seen um the series uh, definitely check online there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff too that it's just great so check it out i think it's on like youtube i'm pretty certain hell yeah hell yeah um also um american god season three is back or, or started sorry american gods is back with season three so the uh, the first two episodes are out now. Give that a look if anyone watched the first two seasons. Uh, first season is still by far the best, but uh, it's still going well. They're, they're getting a lot of mileage out of a, a reasonably small book, which I'm very surprised <laughs> about. Like this is the third season now for a book that's 200 and something odd pages. So uh, yeah, still awesome though. You know, the old gods versus the new and all that stuff. I'm, I'm all about that life. But a uh, quick bit of housekeeping, I guess, before we, we start moving into the news. Obviously, uh, what we mentioned uh, last week is, yeah, we've done done a bit of changing here at 8-Bit. Uh, we're sort of scaling things back, getting a little bit more focused on, um, I guess, how we came to be. You know, we've got a more more sort of um, narrow, narrow focus on content. We've got a smaller, more close-knit group going on. You can see and read all, all about that over at 8-Bit.net if you wanted to get into the uh, into the weeds there. But I've also, yeah, officially closed down our Patreon. So that Patreon link no longer exists. So if you wanted to support us monetarily, that's awesome. You don't have to if you if you don't want to, just listening, subscribing, sharing. That is more than enough. But if you wanted to throw a couple of dollars into our bucket, head on over to Kofi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And uh, you can subscribe to us for $6 Australian a month. So you can buy us a Happy Meal and that's going to get you early access to a handful of 8-bit mainstream shows as well as exclusive access to our new podcast, Is This Thing On? It is never going to be released anywhere outside of that Kofi uh, website. So you're not going to find it on a normal podcast syndicated RSS. It's the only place to get it. Also going to get exclusive access to giveaways and other contents as well as a little goodie bag with some pins and stickers and what have you. And also, if you wanted to get involved in some of our commission options, uh, the Star Wars Family Portrait for 2021 is officially live. So get in, you can get yourself a custom avatar made in your likeness, combining you and a Star Wars character for 50 bucks AUD. And for $25 AUD, you can get yourself an 8-bit founders coin. So uh, they're both very limited. It's only gonna be available this year. Once we've Once the coins are sold out, they're never gonna be remade. And uh, yeah, once this Star Wars family portrait is done, that's never going to occur again. We're going to jump to another theme for 2022 and so on and so forth. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, if you want to support us that way, awesome. If not, as I said, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on all the podcast players that uh, that you consume our content on because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But speaking of hearts, Miss Heart, shall we uh, mm -hmm. talk about our friends over at Manscaped? What do you reckon? Let's do it. Just waiting for this audio to kick in very faintly. It's in the background. There it is. There it is. All right. Have you ever found yourself wandering through backcountry Europe? Worried you're going to get wrongfully accused of potentially being a werewolf? Well, worry no more as the purveyors of perfect pubic hair have you covered. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to become a sleek, hairless humanoid and not be confused with one of the wolves of the night. 
It all starts with the, wear, the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, which will help you slice and dice your way out of any evil European castle in next to no time. It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver, or as we like to call it, the Green Herb Combiner. It is an anti-chafing deodorant that will have your below the belt HP maxed out in no time. This is a total game changer that would make your Barry Burton proud. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will not only that will not look out of place amongst the Duke's high-quality wares. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to carry your trusty lockpicks, disposable shaving mats to hide the ex excess vampire bodies, and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. <laughs> and listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. And remember, people, nobody wants an infectious, hairy, werewolf-looking sexual appendage. Oh. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was probably not my best, uh, my best manscape write-up. So, uh, sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, it's it, it gets tough, all right? It gets tough trying to, to wordplay in certain game themes and items into these, but uh, we're trying at least. At I, least if anything, we're being creative. I have fun. I, I enjoy reading these off and just seeing the wonderful uh, word combos that you come up with. It's fantastic. I'm sure the listeners love it. The Crop Preserver, um, which... I don't know why we'd ever call it the green herb combiner, but uh, you know, I think I was trying to trying to talk about crops and then you know green herbs to do with with farming and horticulture, 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 horticulture. Horticulture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I was trying to get a bit too clever there. Maybe I should have wrote red and green herb combiner. But anyway, it is what it is. I wrote that at uh, about one a.m. this morning. So uh, you're welcome, listeners. And let's move into this. This week's news headlines. And the first one is very much a throwaway, but I just wanted to highlight it because uh, some of our favorite characters from the the broader media universe, uh, we're talking about Predator Sarah Connor and the T-800, uh, Fortnite bound and can be yours for 1,500 V-Bucks a piece. It just... I don't want to deep dive on Fortnite, but... They're just throwing so much shit at a wall right now, like to try and be relevant and get as much money back into this game. Like I know from a concurrent viewer situation on on sort of Twitch and Co, this game sits around four or five, depending on the day now, where it used to be, you know, the undisputed sort of number one or number two. So mm. I get that, you know, they're still very successful. They're still printing money, but it's just getting out of control, these skins. Like it used to be like, a seasonal thing where there was prestige because they had this this awesome crossover with a, a character from another another universe, but they're just bringing these out every other day now, and it sort of just seems to become very much one and the same. Yeah, like I know what you mean. There was some kind of level of of like exclusive like exclusive character that you could or exclusive skin that you could have, and then by having that in game, it was kind of like a hey, you know like I've earned this kind of thing. But now it's just 
you know, buy this. Like, I think in the past, it has to be within the past at least two months where they've released both the Mandalorian skin, they released a bunch of seasonal skins, then recently they dropped a bunch of streamer skins. There was a DC skin collection where they had the Joker and um, uh, Poison Ivy. Yep. Like... So they're just constantly just dropping them now. And then this one where it's Predator, Sarah Connor, and the T, um, T-800. Like, why? Like, Yeah. Like, how do you weave this into the story? Like, I know that you know, not many people play Fortnite for the story and the lore, but it's just <laughs> getting out of control at the moment. Like, I think there's been in the last three months maybe 20 new skins, you'd say. Like, they did That'd obviously Kratos. They did Master oh, Chief. that's right. That was the other one. And then, yeah, they did the time sort of um, DC and Marvel stuff. Now they're going down this route. Like, it's just, it's never going to end. Well, they're pushing it because people are buying it, clearly. Like, they're yeah. definitely seeing the sales um, rack through. But, like, I, like, they know what they're doing, obviously. They mm-hmm. have for so long now. But just in order, like, to just push them through as quickly as they have. Like, I feel like you'd want some time in between to kind of... I don't know, make sure kids save up their pocket money. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd say they're probably missing sales. Yeah. Due to the frequency of these things coming out. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of the time, uh, you know, the younger generation is primarily playing Fortnite. So they're not, their pockets aren't lined with cash or V bucks. So yeah, being able to throw this kind of money around on all these skins every couple of days is not couple feasible. Of days couple yeah. of days we got it back again uh, con the fruiterer <laughs> but anyway it's it's kind of cool to see some of these franchises that we adore making their way into this universe but i don't know why and or how but it's kind of cool to see a, a predator skin and a sarah connor skin in, in the terminator 2 heyday there but uh yeah okay whatever fortnite who's next <laughs> who's next who, who do you think's going to be next mm, who is next so they've done Marvel, they've done DC. I'm trying to think maybe if something's kind of coming down the line that they would, unless they kind of um, go back and just like because of obviously the recent success or the recent release anyway of WandaVision, maybe they'll, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision. maybe. 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 They did it for me. I America. could see him. I could see him doubling down on this sort of 80s, 90s era as well and maybe bringing in like a robocop we'll do what uh, mortal kombat did and just bring in all their uh 80s yep yeah yep. maybe, maybe we maybe we see a xenomorph we see an alien skin in that would it, be maybe. difficult wouldn't it yeah the the, the phallic head shape part's going to be the <laughs> most difficult part i think but yeah. uh yeah yeah maybe it's like the power loader maybe that's the skin the ripley cool. in a power loader could be kind of cool hmm Oh, I'm sure we'll find out in you know, probably a week what the new yeah. skin is. <laughs> probably in the next hour. Who knows? Like it's it's out of control. But uh, yeah, they're in Fortnite now. But um, a l- little bit of local news I wanted to wanted to throw into the docket. Big Ant, uh, who are one of the oldest and largest independent developers in Australia, has been acquired by French publisher uh, publisher Nacon for 35 million euros. So that's wow. uh that's not a small chunk of change, you know. That's 50-odd million Australian dollars. Big Ant are best known for sports games such as AO Tennis, Rugby League Live, and various cricket series, as well as titles based on the Australian Football League or the AFL, for those uh, that want it shorthand. 
The studio has also worked on other franchises such as Hellboy, Fruit Ninja, and The Legend of Spyro. So it's nice to see one of the only large independent studios left here in Australia. Yeah. Not folding, but being purchased and hopefully going to greater heights because, yeah, Nacon already talking about chucking more R&D and more money into these franchises because like Rugby League Live and tennis games and stuff, they're okay, but on the budgets they were made here locally, you know, the graphical fidelity wasn't always there or the gameplay mm. wasn't always as tight as it could be. So hopefully with this big cash injection, we're going to get these games maybe trying to compete with your EA sports titles and whatnot. So, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe not to that direct level, but if you can get up there and try and try and stand toe to toe it's awesome but yeah good on good on the guys at big ant they've been around i think since 2004 if i remember right oh, and wow. um yeah 50 50 million australian is uh that's that's some good cash i'd be very curious because of them this being the french publisher um and big ant having uh experience in providing a rugby league game i'm wondering if they will you know be more aiming them to do another rugby rugby game since um i guess yeah. that's more common over, over there than well yeah no i don't think the french play, play cricket nah not very well but you know <laughs> cricket is a global game like i could see with the cricket they're making a game that that tries to encompass all three levels of cricket so you could have like the ability to play test matches you could play your your one day as and then your 2020s but maybe they'll then try to like buy to have the licensing through like the the Indian Premier League, you know, or in Australia it's called the Big Bash League because you know a lot of those a lot of those countries, you know, India, West Indies, Sri Lanka, all those areas like cricket is is their sport, you know, it's the number mm-hmm. one sport. So a lot of people would want to play a game where they could they could uh, jump into the IPL and be the Rajasthan Royals or whatever it is and play as their favorite stars. So. I think that's where they're going to be trying to shift to get a big global cricket game back on board. Like, I still remember playing um, Shane Warne Cricket 98 <laughs> way back when on the PlayStation. I love that game. I used to play that game so much with friends and family. Like, cricket's great and playing a cricket game, it's kind of strange that you get excited about it, but it was good fun. Remember Test Match, the board game? <laughs> oh, they've remade that. Bullshit, really? They've remade it as a big bash league game. And uh, it's the same shit. Like you've got your cat, like your little plastic characters, and you sort of got a guy with a bowling arm, and you sort of just you know hit the little paddle and it rolls the ball down. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like it's so funny because on on the adverts they're like, oh, and it's even got an interactive scoreboard. And you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. I don't know how that'd work. And then I looked at the the box of this thing late last year when I was in like Target, and it's like the interactive scoreboard is actually your smartphone, and it's just like you download the Big Bash League app. And when there's runs and stuff made, you have to manually put it in. So oh. it's you're doing all the work. But you I mean, know, you're already moving like, all the players. Like, wow, how, yeah, how did they determine that that was a four or a six, or, or how's that caught? But no, it's uh, you're doing all the legwork. But um, yeah, the same, the same mechanics and, and gameplay loop of that board game from when we were kids. You know, thirty odd years ago, when when Test yeah. Match Cricket came out, it's back. It's just got a sexier coat of paint now. And you're fine. And your phone. Yeah, and you've got to use your own data and you've got to put it all in manually. But anyway, you know, you can't you can't deny it. I think it's only like twenty five bucks or something like that, the game. So Yeah, I think it was always crazy. around that price point. 
Yeah, but I remember playing that test match game with my cousin Renan back in the day and um, he'd always beat me. Fucking son of a bitch. But anyway, the last bit of news uh, we wanted to bring to the hungry table today is uh, what I have used some more bad wordplay. Recap coming. The Resident Evil Showcase. <laughs> what was I thinking this morning at 1am? My God, sorry, listeners. Uh, I was... I think ever playing well. Yeah, I've just been uh, <laughs> stupefied by uh, League of Legends last Ooh, night. disturbed. Yes, yes. I love that you got that, that reference. That's still their best album in my opinion, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm taking some words here from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer and uh, just sort of cut and pasted a few bits and pieces. But uh, yesterday's Resident Evil showcase was heavy on news about the upcoming Resident Evil Village game, which was announced for release on 7th of May 2021. So, uh, you know, nice. we alluded to that at the start of this podcast. Cannot wait to get in on that. As well as PC, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S slash X, Village will also be released on the same date for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Capcom confirmed. So, uh, yeah, we're getting some some previous-gen love for Resident Evil Village as well, which is surprising, but there is a lot of consoles out in the wilderness, so... It is a hot topic. I don't know if you've seen it online. There's, like, a lot of people out there that are disappointed to see that this game is still going to be accessible on the previous-gen. And I understand that they're coming from this angle where they're assuming that if the game is accessible to the previous generation, that it's going to hinder the experience <laughs> and the elevation of current gen, new gen. But I it's still it's, weird. I still feel weird calling it like current yeah, gen. I don't know. But like either ways, I it's just... I understand where they're coming from, where they think that the experience is going to be hindered on this wonderful brand new console that they're getting and that it's going to be dulled down. So um, people of, you know, PS4 um, and Xbox, they can get the experience as well. But it seems really shitty to kind of cut them out. Like, why why would you cut them out? Like, when the console only was released so recently? Like, I don't know. Like Yeah, three months ago. Yeah. I, I think may- maybe there's a bit of, uh, bit of fear out there that we're going to end up then getting another similar Cyberpunk 2077 experience. Maybe that's what they're fearful for, that we're going to get a game that that is sort of undercooked because they were building to a certain spec and had to scale back for other platforms and it might get a bit janky. Yeah. But yeah, like it's not as if these these consoles have ceased manufacture. Like they're still making some of these SKUs. Like some of these uh, last-gen consoles now are still current and getting made and can be bought brand new off the shelf. So it makes sense to have these games available across all the platforms. Like they want to maximize units sold out. So, you know, you don't want to ignore 120 million PlayStation 4s out there, you know? Yeah, we played the demo. So we, we've we experienced like what, you know, what they're hopefully anticipating to bring us in the overall experience on the PlayStation 5. So I'm if that's how it's going to look, like, I don't see them really setting it back. You can't have a demo like that and then produce, you know, CD Projekt Red is really good at now proving, yeah, we can do something. Um, (laughs) But you would assume that Resident Evil would bring out a demo, say this is the experience for people with PlayStation 5. This is how it's going to look. This is, you know, this is essentially what we're going to be offering of launch and I'm happy with it. So Mm. I don't really see it being a negative and then kind of like bringing it back. Just people being angry, you know. It's like, uh oh, there's a bit of discourse on the social medias. Let's get in on this too. Rabble, <laughs> rabble, 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 rabble. Make my PS5 my worth my while. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So 
That's exciting. Resident Evil Village coming out on the 7th of May. Obviously, yeah. uh, they also did drop the big announcement that the Maiden demo would be available as of yesterday. We already talked about that in detail at the start of the podcast. But uh, yes, this uh, demo was a PlayStation 5 exclusive and will never release elsewhere. Uh, they did confirm that a different demo will be available later this year for all platforms. So we will get that on PC and the Xbox suite of consoles as well as obviously the Sony suite uh, sometime between now and May the 7th, obviously. I'm assuming we might get something in April, I guess, where we get a bit more of a slice and maybe try out some of the combat and whatnot. But uh, jumping back into the article, Village itself looks impressive. And for anyone who loved Resident Evil 4 back in the day, full of throwbacks to that beloved entry, the action starts in a European village, but then moves to the castle area we saw in the, the gameplay yesterday. Each area sounds like it will have a memorable boss character with the castle ruled over by the tall vampire-esque lady who got fans excited last weekend. We'll talk more on that later. This tall lady is seen speaking on the phone to someone named Mother Miranda, who sounds like her boss, and mentions her brother, who sounds like he was the boss of the game's first area. That makes sense. The tall lady also introduces returning Resident, 7, uh, Resident Evil 7 protagonist Ethan Winters to her three creepy daughters, who are not quite as tall, but can turn into swarms of flying insects. And in brackets, wasps? Question mark? Moths? Question mark? I think I don't think it's moths because uh, these these flying insects are doing some damage to old Ethan, and I uh, even have one like, like crawl. Yeah, locusts or wasps or or something something bad, and like you see that part where like pierces his hand and sort of gets under the skin you can sort of see it crawling under like the palm of his hand i thought that was really cool anyway resident evil fans will note that village includes the former brilliant uh, the former's brilliant tetris-esque inventory management system village also has a merchant known as the duke who will pop up across the map village has many different editions available to purchase alongside the standard edition there's a digital deluxe edition available on all platforms which includes max difficulty save room music a mr everywhere weapon charm a save device tape recorder and an albert 01 gun a found footage re7 filter and something called the tragedy of ethan winters there's also a collector's edition which includes the above items plus a box of physical bits such as poster art book steel bookcase and chris redfield figurine uh, and then you can obviously already pre-order some of these around the country and around the globe. Uh, we don't have the collector's edition available for pre-order just yet here in Australia, but just keep your eyes and ears peeled to your, your EB games or even just check out Presta. They are constantly breaking breaking dates as far as when these things are coming out. So uh, just just be, be ready because they'll sell out really quick. Uh, and something else that uh, came off the back of this uh, Resident Evil showcase, they also revealed Reverse Resident Evil, a new multiplayer spin-off, and as well as showing an old trailer for upcoming CGI Netflix series Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which stars Leon S. Kennedy and Chris Redfield in a fresh story set a couple of years after Resident Evil 4. Reverse looks to be a competitive multiplayer shooter where you can play as various characters from throughout the Resident Evil series. Its visuals have a comic book style effect and it is being beta tested right now. From the footage shown, it still needs a bit of work. There's no word on a release date, but if you buy Resident Evil Village, then you'll get it for free. And then lastly, Resident Evil is also getting a crossover with The Division 2. Look for Resident Evil items in Ubisoft's online shooter starting on the 2nd of February, including Leon Kennedy's Raccoon City Police outfit. So, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it was a good little showcase. Ran for 30-ish minutes. Um, kind of cool. They, they doubled down on, on Resident Evil Village was certainly the, the highlight piece. Like I know I was uh, you know, chanting and shouting as I always do that I want them to announce a Dino Crisis remake. I thought we might have seen a Resident Evil 4 uh, yeah. remake or remaster get announced during this showcase as well, but no, it was just wholly and solely around Ari Village and then obviously uh, a little bit of uh, attention to the to Netflix uh, CGI spin-off as well as uh, Ari vs. that multiplayer game. But what did you think about this whole showcase? I thought it was surprisingly short, to be honest. Like, I know us reading through everything that was announced, it kind of it felt like, oh, this must have been quite the showcase. It was really short. Like, it was almost like this could have been a Twitter post short. Like, um, <laughs> like the, the stuff that they showed us for um, Village was great, uh, getting into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty of what was going on behind the scenes, learning about the merchant of the Duke and then who the tall vampire lady was and her daughters. I I think it's probably good just getting bibs and bobs as opposed to them just pretty much laying everything out there. Having a bit of mystery around this is probably for the best. Um, and then them announcing um, versus the yeah shooter. re verse the the weird the naming is re, re verse meh yeah the gameplay of it did look like you could see it's in in beta like Funky, it didn't yeah. look great at all like. It's kind of cool that they're bringing in characters from every single Resident Evil game to be playable. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun, but I don't know what the hell this game's trying to be. And <laughs> you know, the aiming, the aiming in Resident Evil hasn't really been that tight for most of the the game's existence. Like, yeah. I think probably when they shifted in Resident Evil Four to more of over the shoulder and more actiony, that was probably the tightest combat. And it feels like this is sort of sitting somewhere between that and the previous game so trying to kill people with any form of accuracy is going to be interesting but at least <laughs> they're trying level. stuff different i guess i guess but if you told me to like you know what would have i preferred an re verse announcement in a beta or uh telling me that you know kind of offhandedly like resident evil 4 remastered just like it's happening if they just said that like it's happening I probably would have preferred yeah. that announcement. <laughs> just that. Yeah, I would have taken that. Just just chuck a chuck a single image up. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 oh, remastered. Coming soon. Yeah. In development. Whatever. Just a little yeah. splash screen. Like that would have done more for the hype levels than than, than this RE verse, that's for sure. Like I, it's inevitable, I think, that four is gonna happen. Maybe maybe they didn't want to double down with a, a Resident Evil 4 remake announcement because they are aesthetically similar un- universes so maybe they that. don't want too much of this european gothic vibe going so maybe they'll kick it to maybe next year mm-hmm. and, and and show it then because then uh resident evil village has had time to breathe and, and get its sales out so i don't know yeah, that's true i can honestly see that actually being the smarter angle of why maybe they're not even announcing it or you know alluding to it right now so um too much europe too much of the uh, dark castles and dark forests, and although Resident Evil Four, I think was the first one that I've ever played, so I, it's, it it's still a, one of the best. Yeah, it's one of the best all times. It's kind of special. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall for the showcase, um, I mean, Brit uh, Blonde Nerd getting the chance to host a showcase for something that she was very passionate about and she loves. Um, yeah. I you love to see it. 
but overall like it was just it was a little snippet of a showcase we got we got a good chunk of seeing like what we are expecting we got to get a free demo which we all obviously you know well those of us that could access it jumped on straight away and um then we got Ariverse where we kind of tilted our head a little bit so um, yeah but yeah overall i think um village still is going strong i don't really have much doubts about it still i can't wait for it like i think it's i think it's going to be one of the games of the year like obviously a lot of yeah. release dates are up in the air so we don't know how many games or what games are going to come out this year but yeah. i think if everything that's on the docket for 2021 does arrive this year i still think this is going to be going to be one of the top top performers like resident evil 7 was phenomenal and it looks more of the same but just expanded out in a bigger world and it's going to be scary as fuck you know what this is such a sidetrack can we commend gaming as a medium of entertainment in general during this time where we're no we're constantly being advised that um movies are being pushed back and release dates re- release dates like we've got movies that have been pushed back now almost three years of release um, a lot of movies recently have been mm-hmm. announced that they're going to be pushed back to 2022 um and meanwhile video games uh they're pretty much holding their own to entertain us so uh kudos to them indeed um yeah not so much kudos to morbius who uh that that film got delayed twice in the span of a week. So oh, wow. uh, Yeah, yeah, it got delayed like at the start of last week and then it got delayed a handful of days later. So uh yeah, Jared Leto as, as Morbius, we're getting it sometime next year, but like yeah, we saw Unch- oh, I guess in a weird crossover, Uncharted the movie has now been delayed until 2022. So yep. uh yeah, got to wait a little bit longer to Sorry. see our boy Tommy as oh. uh, as young Nathan Drake. Sorry, back to the news story. The last thing I did miss, um, confusingly. The Ubisoft weird thing? No, no. <laughs> the, the story of um, Resident Evil um, having, oh, yeah, the, having the Division 2 skins or costumes or whatever. Yeah. Has anyone, like, ex- explained why that crossover happened or was it just, why just not? Just in there. Just in okay. there. Yeah, I'm not I, against I don't it. get it. I'm not against it. If uh, like you know, place like groups are working together to kind of cross over their um, you know franchises and just little nods. Like uh, to me, this is this is um, Capcom kind of giving like the division, like Ubisoft, a little bit of a leg up to bring people back in mm. um, by saying, "Yeah, you can use this." But <laughs> it's just weird. Just weird. Just just thinking out loud and trying to will it into the the gaming universe. The division two crossover with predator so it plays like predator 2 where predator was in in new york city yeah and you're the division agents they already did this with um what's that other ubisoft game tom clancy's game i'm completely blanking on now oh shit where you had a group of like four people out in the jungle and then they embedded the the time predator events what is that game called i'm blanking and there's some people on the other end just yelling at us but bring that in, bring Predator in here and let's go some City Hunter vibes. Uh, you know, shout out to Bill Paxton and Danny Glover and those types of dudes. Bring them into this game too and, and have Predator hunts in in the city. Yeah. I'd be all about that. In in well, we've got to go to Washington, sorry. So in around Washington, bring Predator in there somehow. These crossovers don't make sense, but they make it work somehow. But uh mm. 
sort of jumping back onto Resident Evil again, uh, wanted to sort of bring up this part of the podcast. Tweet of the week. And this is more of a blanket uh, tweet of the week <laughs> shout out to all the the thirsty individuals out there that uh, have just fallen in love with uh, the tall woman. This was before we got uh, we got her name uh, from from the gameplay itself and everything like that. So uh, yeah, there there is many tweets here showing some love to Lady Dimis- Dimitrescu, mm-hmm. uh, who is obviously the head of this vampire family in Europe. And the first tweet from uh, Lulu Boo, uh, L U U L U B W. Jesus Christ. Um, her tweet, the tall woman from Resident Evil 8 calls the other vampires her daughters, making her an official MILF. Uh, and then another one here from uh, Sakushi M on the Twitters. I have no idea why Ethan pulled up again for this, but if he's trapped with this mummy, that's quite the treat. Hope you're all enjoying the demo though. <laughs> and then the uh, the last one here from It's Pengu XN, uh, Capcom, will you escape this village? Uh, and then in like brackets, keeps giving us hot villains. No, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> um, and th- there is hundreds upon hundreds of tweets. My uh, thirst trapping full. for Lady Dimitrescu. Cam- yeah, shout out to uh, Capcom for, uh, you know, making gamers just become one and um, having a communal, like, <laughs> essentially just airing out their kink of a uh, tall vampire lady. So, you know, the one time gamers came together and agreed on something. Yeah, yeah, everyone is... Uh, yeah, just unanimously in love with Lady Dimitrescu. So we'll mm. see, we'll see how that uh, plays out when we get to play the game on May the seventh. But if you're looking for some stuff to potentially play earlier than that, new releases and events. There's about ten or so games out this coming week. I don't know most of them. Oi, <laughs> bloody dogs, bloody dogs. But they're like to be honest, like I'm sure they're all great games, but I've got no real interest in playing any of these games. Is any one of these grabbing you? Um, I've actually seen Coffee Talk. Um, I was going to ask if Coffee Talk's any good. Well, I've seen that one actually advertised quite a bit. It's appeared in my recommends um, every so often, so it's it's definitely on my radar. Um, Kentucky Route Zero, uh, which apparently is going to be available PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, that's another one that has you know just been on my radar a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah i've got to finish cyberpunk i need to finish it i'm sad yeah. but i'm gonna need to finish it yeah now we can get that spoiler cast going <laughs> yeah I'm, i I didn't even mention it i forgot to add it into the notes above but i'm playing hitman 3 so i'm gonna try and get oh, that that's finished what i need between, to play yeah i've been <laughs> playing that and i want to get that finished between now and next episode so we can talk a bit about that so oh, but spoilers need to play that it's really, really fun and really, It looks really good. fun. I watched Kind of Funny play it the other day and I'm just like, this looks really fun. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it. But yeah, that uh, brings us to the end of the Hungry Gamers episode 225. Miss Hart, anything you want to say or highlight before we close the studio down for another week? Yeah. Apex released a new character that's Australian. But um, as most things go when they release an Australian character... It feels like Australian turned up to 11. 
You know how you kind of get yeah. that weird irkiness where it's like you can't just be standard Australian, you got to be full-on Australian, yeah. crikey, man. Parody like, Australian, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like throwing me off. I haven't been um, actually looked into his abilities. It looks like he's got maybe some kind of like grenade like launcher. Like a grenade launcher arm. Yeah. But he has like also this like rock star vibe, which I'm not feeling either. But eh, either way. Australian representation, whether it's a bit too much or overboard. I don't know. Maybe everyone out there can kind of get back to me on whether they're just happy to have Australian representation or they just, they themselves don't like it when it's kind of over comically, you know, turned up a bit yeah. too much. Yeah. Let's, let's chuck that out on the Twitters. We'll make that our question of the week for next week on mm. the Hungry Gamers and we'll sort of get, get a bit of a temperature check from, from fellow Australians and even, even listeners and friends abroad about, what they think of that Aussie representation in gaming is, is it on brand? Is it too much? Is it a bit like, and I know some of the time it is like trying to be over the top and cheesy for the sake of it. But when they're trying to maybe ground it in a little bit of reality and realism, do they, do they stick, do they stick the landing? You know, what's the best and worst uh, Aussie characters out there? So we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that next week on THG 226. And it's also that word that, that they may have stole that character's design as well, but I'm not going to, oh. I'm not going to deep dive on that one. Dun, dun, dun. Drama. Drama. All right. On that note, I think it is time to get out of here. Um, I got to go get a haircut because I got to look pretty for Jack tonight. But until next time, Open Nation, much love and stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8 Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I'm looking at the stills from this RE verse, and God, some of the some of the shots look rough. Let's put a comic filter on it so it doesn't look so bad. And I don't get it. Like, not all the characters have the comic filter. Some of them look real, and then other ones, yeah, they've got this cell shade action going on. I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> what are you doing, Capcom? <laughs>